This is At Risk Radio. Welcome to At Risk Radio, where we talk about leadership in the persecuted church internationally. I'm your host, Mark Stafford, and today I'm here with Russell Stendhal. Russell is a missionary in Latin America and is the director of SOM International in Latin America. Russell, you were telling us about an interesting story about how there's some churches in Latin America, specifically in Venezuela, where both the people in the church and the leader they don't have Bibles. So can you tell us a little bit about what happens when a leader and a church congregation are able to get their hands on a Bible for the first time? Well, it's amazing because um, they, they're, they're so excited. If the, the, when they haven't had a Bible before and they finally get one, uh, they'll make a big blackboard. And um, the leader will start writing Bible verses on the blackboard. And everybody in the congregation will be sitting there with a notebook writing them down so they can memorize the scripture. So they're just so hungry for the Bible that they want to start memorizing it right away. Mm-hmm. That's what will happen. And I, I mean, I, one time I got invited to a meeting with 3,500 um, Christian leaders, most of them from an indigenous background, that were um, uh, assembled because the uh, commanding general of the area and the governor all of a sudden realized you know something? The evangelical Christians aren't the ones causing the problems. They're not the ones growing the drugs. They're not the ones kidnapping. They're not the ones blocking off the roads. You know, they're not the ones uh, with all this unrest. And their families, their children learn well. They work hard. They don't have malnutrition. They're not drunk or on drugs all the time. You know, all of a sudden their eyes opened. And so they invited all the leaders from all the evangelical groups in their state and I got invited. And so um, I, I flew over there and, um, you know, couldn't believe it, you know, because they're, they're telling me what they're going through. They've got everything from right-wing paramilitary death squads to left-wing um, revolutionaries that, and, and, and all different uh, types of drug mafia and every kind of corrupt um, actor you can imagine all trying to prey off of them and force their way into their lands and into their um you know to use their people for um nefarious purposes and and they're standing there you know trying to stay clear of all this and uh you know they don't they don't have a chip on their shoulder they don't hate um you know whatever somebody did to their ancestors you know and bring it out on the uh government or the people today they're simply sitting there overcoming evil with good and and I I began to notice something that I could do to help was to help provide Bibles because sometimes the leader had a Bible and nobody else had a Bible and there were groups represented where nobody had a Bible and uh, sometimes it was necessary to find them the Bible in their own language. Most of these languages have Bible translations. The missionaries have been in and years past have done it. But it takes somebody, you know, we had to go find out who, who was the missionary, who did it, what group they belonged to, how do we get the permission. It took months, but we eventually got the permission and were able to find sponsors and actually print them Bibles in their own language that, were, that already existed, but somehow weren't in the pipeline. And then, um, you know, where they uh, mainly spoke Spanish, well, then, of course, we had access to Spanish Bibles. And so just to be able to give each leader a box of Bibles 
and a box of um, literature. You know, they need some good commentaries. They need a they need a good uh, little um, library so that they can have some help. You know, putting together their sermons on the Bible. You know, t- stuff you know that we would consider to be basic for in any pastor's study. And and when you don't have those basic things, cults can come in and reinvent history. Uh, when you just try and use the New Testament, uh, you know they'll fill, somebody else will come in and fill in all the gaps that got left out, and turn the thing into a cult. Hmm. And so it's really important to get the whole Bible in, and uh, all the way from Genesis one, and make sure everybody understands exactly what happened. I've seen some of these Bibles after they've been handed out to people. And they're not like the Bibles on my shelf. Now, I have a whole line of Bibles on my shelf and different translations, and some of them are a little worn, and some of them have hardly been touched. Uh, but when people get one of these Bibles, a Jubilee Bible, especially a study Bible, they just re- they read it back and forth. They pass it around. It's getting tattered. It gets read by, read by uh, several people. Uh, tell us a little bit about what happens when just one Bible gets handed to somebody in the church there. Well, I've had it happen, uh, a case where one Bible made it to a rebel group. And since it was a big study Bible, nobody wanted to carry it because they thought it was too heavy to stick in their pack. So guess what they did? They cut it up in pieces, and each one took a section, and then they'd swap them back and forth. (laughs) That's great. So everybody got a book or two of the Bible. And um, and we've also found that, you know, to be true places where they don't have Bibles, you know, they'll they'll take a one sheet of the Bible— and if they can, make photocopies and pass them out to everybody. And then that's what they'll study for that week or that month. And then they'll copy another one and pass that out. But there's nothing that beats actually having your own personal, private copy of the Bible. Yeah, we take that for granted yeah. uh, all the time, that we have our own personal copy, sometimes several copies. And we want to give you some ways where you can make sure that somebody in Latin America who doesn't have access to the a Bible is able to get their own copy of the Bible. So when we get back from this break, we'll be uh, talking with David Witt, and we'll talk more about how you could be part of making sure that people who are in churches in Latin America have the Bibles that they need. Can you imagine trying to disciple a church with only one Bible? This is Mark Stafford from At Risk Radio, and our contacts in Venezuela are telling us incredible stories about people coming to know Jesus, all the while pastors are missing Bibles for their people. After receiving a Bible from our ministry, one man said with tears in his eyes, no one has ever given me such a beautiful gift. At Risk Radio in our partnership with SOM International, is working to bring 2 million Bibles into Venezuela. For more information about how you can help, go to atriskradio.com. Welcome back to At Risk Radio. I'm in the studio with David Witt. David Witt is the CEO of SOM International. David, what is the difference between handing out a Bible in America and handing out Bibles in Venezuela? I think it all comes down to priorities, Mark. The reality of it is every day we have to make choices. And as stewards of the Lord's resources and His work, His time, um, you know, we have to decide where is God working. Um, you know, what what priorities has God given to us? And I, you know, the Lord's always in the Scripture. He's always told us to look up for the orphans, the widows, the poor. Those are you know, those are outcasts. Those are people who have lack access. They lack opportunity. Um, so you know, God's the ultimate um, Father who is for the underdog. 
And is if you know, think about right now, Mark. If you had to get God's word right now, how long would it take you? This moment, even in the studio right now, how long would it take you to to look up a verse? Well, to look up a verse, yeah. it would take me seconds yeah. uh, to get a Bible delivered to me. Maybe a day or two, or I, maybe just fifteen minutes uh, at Walmart. Yeah, that's right. right. Down to Walmart, I can get one in a few minutes. Yeah. So, and I think people need to remember that we're we're working in like uh, we're talking about Venezuela today. Um, ultimately, we're around the world, but Venezuela, we're uh, we found a massive need where Russell talked about that people don't make they're making five to ten dollars a month, mm. even <laughs> if there were Bibles, they can't get them. They don't have smartphones um, to, to be able to access the internet or computers, and they, you know, there's limited act, activity and access. Their their churches literally don't even some of them don't even have Bibles, um, and if they have a Bible, it's maybe one Bible, you know, and, and a, that that neighbor or that pastor is a long ways away, and, and so it simply comes down to the, they're underserved, they lack access. So if we're gonna you know decide to just distribute a Bible among the nearly two hundred nations in the world, or starting in the United States, mm-hmm. where's the greatest need? And I think as we begin to ask those questions, the Lord can begin to show us where the greatest need is, is where there's going to be the greatest impact, right. the, the best fruit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, I think, why for, for SOM International, it's a priority for us to always look at the the underserved world, which one of the things we're going to talk more and more about um, as we have more shows is 40% of the world uh, is considered unreached to the gospel. So one of the key things that we have going for Venezuela is that we have distribution and we have a way of getting Bibles distributed to those people. Talk a little bit about what we have going on with our partnership with the Stendals. Yeah, well, you know, Russell, of course, is directs all the work in uh, South America and he's a credible witness on the ground of, of the Lord Jesus uh, gospel and work and word. And we just love that relationship. And, and because we have that intimate relationship with him, we're able to funnel you know, funds and resources down to South America and specifically Venezuela we're focusing on right now. And so that we can know that every Bible we get is going to go into Venezuela. And you know, one of the things that's unique about SOB International is 100% of all designated funds goes to that need. Mm-hmm. So so we want to honor the Holy Spirit in people as the priesthood of believers, that God he speaks to every believer. And if people in, in, they have in their heart that there's something that SOM International does and they designate those funds to that, we want to honor that. Now, mm-hmm. when we get most needed funds, then we're able to make those decisions. And between all of us, it's a good team and family to be able to really meet needs. Mm-hmm. And right now, there's just a huge uh, you know need in... Um, you know, in in Latin America and, and obviously Venezuela, uh, because there's a revival, people are hungry for the Lord, and so you know every Bible we plant there is going to be multiplied to many people. They're passing around, they're reading it. I mean, you know, if you got a Bible today, you think about the United States, Mark. How many people are going to be fighting to read it? Well, not too many. Uh, (laughs) There haven't been many uh, mobs coming and trying to find the Bibles on my shelves. Yeah, exactly. And so, I mean, we want to continue to pray that there's spiritual hunger here, but we ultimately need to move where God's moving in spiritual hunger. And so that's why we're just going to get so much of a uh, a return on our investment there uh, in Venezuela. And then, you know, the other thing that he mentioned is... um, the, the whole Bible. I mean, Mark, you're a pastor. Uh, I mean, to, can you imagine what would have been like for 
you to be preaching, teaching with only the New Testament. Well, you'd be crippled. You wouldn't have all the information, all the context. You wouldn't have the history of the church. You wouldn't have the history of redemption. There's so many things you'd be you'd be missing, uh, much less the beauty of the Psalms, uh, the wisdom of uh, Proverbs, uh, and the history of God with his people throughout the centuries. It's vital to understand the New Testament in light of the Old Testament. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I just love Russell's commitment to that. He is so committed that we always want to make sure that we raise enough funds to get the whole testament old and new mm-hmm. because we don't know if we're going to be able to get back in there either and support these you know workers you know and sometimes they're you know where there's that link and, and leadership conferences so we want the whole bible so they can have the context because without the context of the old testament which sets up and, and defines the new testament that's where many times cults have flourished and mm-hmm. people can make up their own doctrines and and then you know we the gospel is lost and the people are oppressed so it's a real uh, you know high value for us to make sure we're getting out the whole uh, Old and New Testament down there. One of the things that is the heartbeat of SOM International is supporting the leaders who are in the persecuted church. And an important tool that they need is an entire complete Bible and people who are in their congregations who have uh, access to those Bibles so that they can do their Bible studies, so they can uh, be growing in their knowledge uh, of the Bible and they're in their love with the Lord as yeah. well as they're reading through that Bible. And so tell us a little bit about how people here in America get, can get involved with this Bible distribution effort in Latin America. Well, I think we're trying about many times of saying, we'll start with prayer, but it's not trite. I mean, prayer, it takes time, it takes mm-hmm. emotional energy. Uh, it, it takes the discipline of listening, you know, listening to the Lord and, and seeking his word. Because as we begin to pray about things, then God could show us our involvement. I mean, uh, people need to respond to what God's doing, not what we want God to do. It, he's the initiator of this work, it, and he gets all glory. And so I, I'm just asking people to pray for you know, the, the, the Venezuelan people who are under economic chaos right now, difficulty, you know, making ends meet. They're, they're worried about their next meal, let alone now they have to worry about their eternal salvation. And so if people begin to pray, then God could show them, um, you know, what ways they could be involved. And specifically, we're looking for Bibles. The, we ask for $7 is a way they could buy a study Bible. It's a beautiful Bible that's leather uh, bound. It actually is a concordance. It's a uh, big uh, font so that they can read in case they don't have reading glasses or not the best sight. And and these are Bibles that are going to last a long time because, like I said, we think this is a window. And we think very well that that window could close. And who knows, the time could come soon that we can't get Bibles in there and we can't get resources, but we want to leave them sufficiency because one of the principles that we believe in in our ministry is the Word of God is sufficient for righteousness and witness. Uh, So they don't necessarily need other tools to grow in maturity in the Lord if they have God's Word. All right, we've heard from David Witt, and you've heard that we have a great need for Bibles going into Venezuela right now. We have a way of distributing them, but for $7, and $7 is a very small price to pay to get a study Bible in the hands of somebody who is not just going to put it on their shelf, but they're going to read it over and over again. To find out more about the Bibles for Venezuela project, go to atriskradio.com slash Bibles. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to At Risk Radio. For more, go to atriskradio.com. At Risk Radio is a production of SOM International.